Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Now to Trey Betty, brought to you by Asher Record Service, 501-562-2293. Family owned and operated since 1980. Asher Wrecker, dependable towing and vehicle recovery service. Ask for Asher. Good afternoon, Trey. Hey, guys. We will lead with the email that I received earlier this afternoon. I'm sure you did likewise. Uh, in fact, I'm 100% positive you did. From Kyle Parkinson, and that is this week's schedule for the Arkansas Razorback football team. Yeah, I mean, uh, just kind of normal, I guess, Randy. Uh, mm-hmm. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, that's that's kind of the, um, the typical schedule. Um, and I, I, the only thing that's, I guess, unique about the, the football schedule with these 12 remaining practices is just that, you know, there's not a traditional red-white game that they're going to have three practices after the big, you know, media, uh, excuse me, fan uh, open practice on April 16th. Um, so that's the only thing that's dramatically different. And uh, I don't know, it doesn't look like uh, April 2nd, which is Saturday, doesn't look like we're going to have – um, any interviews or availability there. So uh, I, that, to me, tells me they're probably going to do some some scrimmaging. That's what I would guess. Now, my question would be, when you're talking about the schedule, nothing is actually laid out in regards what you can expect. But I think they've gone through, Troy, have they not through all of the uh, preliminary days, whether it be in mm-hmm. the spiders or shells yep. or helmets on, whatever it may be, uh, they now can actually start knocking heads with pads on. Correct me yeah, if I'm wrong. Yeah, I, I believe that's right, Randy. And, uh, you know, I, I agree with what Brett Bielema used to say. He, he always felt like it was kind of absurd that they go through these, you know, this policy of, of slowly acclimating into pads because – you know, it's not like you you really hit a whole lot anyway in those first few practices, but uh, that's the way the NCAA has outlined it, and uh, yeah, so they they should, as far as I know, they're, now they're not going to run all remaining practices, um, you know, in full gear or anything. They don't do that during the season. You know, there'll be weeks, game weeks, where they don't even get in full pads uh, later on in the year when they're trying to rest them up a little bit more. But um, as far as I understand the rule that, you know, they get the three acclimation practices and, you know, here they have taken a week off and they get to jump right into full pads if they want. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't know what the, the big point is with the, the acclimation period, but. I think they should just let them go out and shoulder pads, you know, right off from the get-go, because that's that's really how they do most practices. They do shoulder pads and and helmets and and don't do leg pads. What do we know in specific about the 16th? I'm trying to write this down on my calendar. Uh, you said that is the open practice. Is that I've gotten written down for some reason at 11 o'clock? Do you know if that's the right time? I think that's I think that's right. It's uh, it's uh, eight o'clock. They do the Hog Fest deal, um, which is you know like old, you know kind of a carnival type thing for families and stuff. And then eleven o'clock uh, should be the 
the open practice, which is, according to Sam Pittman, he thinks the fans will get more out of watching this practice than they would a red-white game where there's, you know, a lot more stage-type stuff and, um, you know, maybe a little bit more frills and stuff for this is more of a practice. But they're going to scrimmage still. Um, you know, it's just not going to be – you know, move the ball up and down the field. They'll probably, what I would expect, is run some third down situations, run some red zone work, run some uh, first down work, you know, all run two-minute drill, uh, which I guess everything's a two-minute drill these days. But uh, that's kind of what I would expect versus, you know, this is the – this is the red team, this is the white team, and let's let's play a mock game, you know. So um, it's still fun either way to watch it. And and he's right, you probably get a little bit more out of it um, because, you know, it's not staged so much. So And maybe you'll see a little bit of good on good, which you don't usually see in a red-white game either. Is this – I can't remember from last year because last year was more or less a return to norm. Mm-hmm. Um in many ways, but uh, do they actually post at any time official depth chart throughout the spring? I can't no. remember if they did that or not. They they may like have done a red roster and a white roster. I've never seen them that I remember, at least in my recent memory of them posting a depth chart. But you know, it's it's pretty easy to put together a depth chart just based. You know, we do one just about every practice, just based on how they take the field. So. Um, yeah, I mean it changes up, and they're trying to mix things up. I mean, we put I put a three, four deep depth chart out, but uh, a lot of that's just you know experimental stuff. But I, I I think you know for my readers, my readers are the more you know hardcore. They want to know every detail of what's going on, Razorback fan, and so they like to see you know depth charts. You re- you like to see depth charts, Randy. Mm-hmm. You're the you're a you're a depth chart junkie. But, uh, you know, that, that's that's just what uh, our readers like. So we put them out because uh, people do like to know. They want to know what the experiments are, what the what the different lineups are. Uh, it doesn't mean that that's, you know, an accurate representation of how the coach feels that, um, you know, the order should be. It's just what the order is that day. I'm not sure this was a scare. I called it a scare the other day when uh, Hazelwood went down with his shoulder yeah. Have you heard any any word at all? Uh, mm-hmm. Was that any? Yeah, he seems fine, Randy. Okay. I don't. Fine. I don't think okay. it was. I think it hurt him, but it, it he was back out there five minutes later. Okay. I, I was just curious because I've I've not seen a follow up, so apparently it must not have been very serious, or there's yeah. more said about it uh, from that point forward. Um, when you look at what has been accomplished so far it's been said trey i think you said it when they had the first practice on uh, a week ago this past sunday that looked mid-season form do we know what all went on with these walkthroughs that uh, the mm-hmm. team was able to go through because i've never heard a full explanation if I've, at least i don't think i remember a yeah. full explanation what all that actually involved? They can do everything. They just can't have a ball, basically, Randy. Okay. I mean, they they just basically can't. You can't have a ball, which is also crazy. I mean, you could get, you could wad up a towel, and make that your ball, as long as it's not a ball. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So you're not you're not in helmets and shoulder pads and all that stuff. But if you 
if you want to line up and do 11 on 11 stuff, you, I don't, I don't think there's anything that says you can't do that. You just can't have a ball. Obviously, the, the greatest benefit is you're able to work on timing, uh, but you're also able to uh, put a unit together and let them work together as a unit. Uh, as you said, the only thing missing is contact and a ball. Yeah. But, um, gosh, I, I didn't realize. How many days were they able to do this? Was there a time limitation? When the coaches can work with it. I'm not sure what – it's all within the last, like, three or three years or so, Randy, I think, when they started letting them do that. Because it oh, used to be – yeah, it used to be the coaches couldn't even watch them, you know. Yeah. So, I, I'm not sure I what the time been going on that long. What's that? I didn't realize they'd been going on that long. I just thought. Yeah, it was I think about. I think like right around when Morris got here. I feel like is when they started opening things up like that. Might have been maybe the last year of Bielema, so maybe it's a little bit longer. I started saying if it was under Morris, they should have done it 24 hours a day. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that would have helped them um, in some regards. But uh, anyway, um, just out of curiosity, may not have an answer to this, but. Feedback on Arkansas's basketball season from your mm-hmm. um, subscriber base? Yeah, well, I mean, me personally, I, I don't think that Arkansas's loss to Duke and the Elite Eight diminishes at all what this team was, um, what this team did uh, in Jan- starting in January when everything just kind of turned around. People started figuring out their roles and stuff. You know, there were some things about the game that. I didn't love. I didn't like the way Arkansas ended the half. I'm not sure why you jacked oh, a three pointer with 12 good. seconds oh, left there at the end. Yeah, the possession yeah. before that, mm. um, when they went down and hit that three right before half to make put up 45 points, you know, I was just like, oh man, that's going to mm. be really tough to come back from. Yeah, um, nine to 12 team. points too. Yeah, yeah. Duke was a better team than Arkansas was. They're peaking at the right time. They got a really talented roster. Um, that's ultimately what this came down to. Were there some calls here and there? Sure. I thought it was – I made a joke, you know, when Trey Wade had that early foul, like, oh, well, we're not going to the NCAA rules expert to review why this wasn't a foul. It almost <laughs> felt like – it almost felt like when Arkansas was beating Gonzaga, the the announcers – and I have all the respect for Nance and, you know, all, that whole crew and everything. They do a great job. But it did kind of feel like – um, they, there was uh, sounds of concern in their voice when Arkansas was beating Gonzaga versus, you know, the Duke game. It almost felt like there was, like, you know, cheerfulness and, you know, relief. You know, oh, it's going to be okay. Duke's going to win, you know, kind of. That's how kind of how it felt to me just listening to it. But um, Duke's, they got a, they've got a good team that's peaking at the right time. They've got a lot of motivation behind them. Um, it, 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 it's amazing to me what Eric Musselman has done with this roster because I'm not so sure that in most coaches have this roster that they're turning it into an elite eight. I mean to to knock off the number one overall seed, which I think Duke would have would have beaten handily if they if they had beaten Arkansas. Um, to knock off the number one seed the way they did, to also knock off Auburn earlier in the season when Auburn was playing lights out. I mean, Auburn was – that's when Auburn was peaking right around then. I mean, I think they'd won 18 or 19 number straight. One. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, to do what this team has done, you know, grizzly veteran type of team, you know, pieced together, you know, pulling a guy from Wichita State. You know, really you felt like you had 
four guys on this team that you really, you know, could count on. And then there was like a fifth rotational guy. Who's it going to be this week? You know, it was Trey Wade against Gonzaga. It's been Devo Davis before. Sometimes it's been been Chris Likes. Um, it wasn't in the last one. And Likes made some some tough decisions there. But, um, you know, I, I hate to move on so fast and look at next year's team because I'm still – processing and appreciating and relishing you know what this team accomplished um, which I think is really remarkable given the pieces that were put together and and some limitations that they had um, but man to look ahead to next year you think about some of these guys coming back Anthony Black's got a big decision here coming up um, shortly I mean you probably hear about that while you're on the air guys uh, so we'll see what happens with Anthony Black but Nick Smith Jr. is blowing people out of the water at the McDonald's All-American practices. I mean, he's like Eric Bossy, who is our national hoops guy, is like it's hard to move up when you're ranked number five in the country, but he might be the best backcourt player in the country. Like he's, he's really doing some big things. Jordan Walsh, the possibility of adding Black to this roster, you know, and then, you know, talk about the guys that you get coming back. I mean, like Arkansas – out veteraned, out grizzly, out toughed, out hustled guys a lot this year. They're on the verge of out talenting some people next year. I mean, it could be really fun to watch this team come together and we'll see what happens. But I it almost feels unfair to not really just kind of stew in what this team was this year and how rare it is to accomplish back to back elite eights. Teams don't do that. In fact, Danny West had a breakdown, you know, you know, just going through all the blue bloods the last time they all did it. And it's not very common at all, even for – which, by the way, speaking of the blue bloods, quote, unquote, um, as wild as this tournament was, how crazy is it that we're down to four teams and they're, <laughs> yeah, and they're, yeah, they're Duke, yeah. UNC, Villanova, and, uh, and uh, Kansas. Kansas. I mean, it's just – it's kind of crazy how that worked out, but – Anyway, I, I, it, it was a remarkable season, I thought. Um, it's it's never easy to lose that way, and, and it, everybody but one team does, you know, that makes this tournament. And uh, I think it's been interesting talking about the seeding of the NCAA tournament and, um, you know, people complaining about their seed, complaining they didn't get in or this guy got in, they shouldn't got in. Uh, you know, here's the deal. If you're, if you're not ready for this tournament, like you're not playing well, you're not getting pat- you're not getting to the second weekend because no matter what your seat is, you're going to run into a really good team that's probably playing well. So it doesn't it really doesn't even matter what your seat is um, when it comes down to it. Uh, you know that second game, that round of 32 game, you're going to run into a team that just won a big game and uh, and is there to, to to beat you with all the motivation in the world. So you know we, it's all about getting to this tournament and survive in advance and arkansas did a great job at that i think they they probably pushed um their limits a little bit probably did i know they did more than what anybody thought they would do you guys realize that when we use the term blue bloods that the school color for all four of these teams is blue (laughs) (laughs) about that here bob Holt pointed this out and I, i any of us could have figured it out but arkansas in the last two years has won more ncaa tournament games than they did in the previous 22 years combined <laughs> that's amazing? pretty that's yeah. pretty amazing yeah since nolan's uh you know height of his career so i would that is that's an amazing accomplishment you know take i would argue i would argue rick that arkansas hasn't had a good season in basketball since 1995 
and people can say, well, they had some good years, you know, with Bobby Portis and, you mm-hmm. know, with, um, you know, Barford, all those guys. And, you know, they had some years with Gafford, you know, and, and they have. Okay, I don't mean to say yeah. that those weren't good good seasons. They were not great seasons because if you cannot – if you if you aren't at least getting into that second weekend in the NCAA tournament combined yeah. with a really good season, then I can't chalk it down as a great season. This Sweet season 16. was a great season. Yeah. Last season and, was a great season. Like Missouri, mm-hmm. when they went the year Mike Anderson left, and they went, what, 31-3? and three? Mm-hmm. They were a two seed, and they got bounced in the first round. Yeah, Not a good season. The way that right. ends, the way that the taste that leaves in their mouth, Kentucky's season this year, not a good season. It just isn't. You you can't have that kind of finish and have you know, and I say good. Okay, good, fine. It's good. I'm oh, talking yeah, it's about very right, good. a memorable sure. season. Very you have good. to hey, have you have to have a little run. In you the know, uh, taking take nothing away from anybody, any freshman that's ever been in Arkansas. What we're on the verge of seeing, hopefully, is freshmen who come in more than one player, more than yeah. one freshman who contribute yeah. big time. We, we watch all these other major schools, and they have two or three guys that are true freshmen, uh, they're, they're lottery picks, et cetera. Arkansas may be on the verge of having that. Maybe. I, I really think they are on the verge of it. I mean, I mean, they add Anthony Black to this equation. And, you know, I've heard all kinds of stuff back and forth. I'm not 100% sure Anthony Black – when he announced his decision date, that he even knew where he was going based on the stuff Probably that I hear not. tugging from Maybe every not. direction. Yeah. Um, but if they don't get Anthony Black, then there are going to be options for Arkansas in the portal. And they may not be as high-end talented, high a ceiling as Black, but they'll be, you know, they'll be a – we keep using the Grizzly, you know. Well, there'll be a tough – polished guard out there that's intrigued with Arkansas. There are. Um, you know, I think that Arkansas, regardless of the Anthony Black situation, they need to go out and find another big man, somebody that can come in with Jalen Williams, either with Jalen Williams or sub in for him or, or something like that. I mean, they, they just need at least one other guy that they can really count on for, for key minutes. You know, like it doesn't have to be a seven-footer, but 6'9", 6'10", something like that, like Jalen is, you know, that that would go – a long way for this team. Um, so anxious to see. I mean, we're transfer portal time in basketball is here. I mean, it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be crazy here these next several several weeks. I mean, you can look at this roster that, uh, and I'm not talking about adding Dunning or Ford, the newcomers. I'm just saying, at the existing roster, you could anticipate there'd be maybe four or five players, which I don't think would be out of the question, uh, particularly if a player has had uh, a year restored because of COVID. Because um, when I wrote down most of the classifications, I did my own little roster today, Trey. You know I love that kind of stuff. But uh, <laughs> rather than writing down K.K. Robinson as a junior, I wrote him down as a sophomore because he's getting that COVID year back. And mm-hmm. – um, and in some cases, obviously, uh, like Kamani Johnson, he already used his redshirt year, so he wasn't able to take that as a um, uh, as a year. Uh, he'll be a senior next year. But I could, I got to believe there's going to be four or five kids that possibly we could see move on. And then there's oh, still yeah. decisions by Tony and Note. I know most are believing Note will move on, but there's no guarantees that uh, yeah. he's going to move on. I have heard some positive things on Tony. It's been a little bit, but it, um, 
I could see Tony coming back. I think he would be a welcome addition to come back. His defense, you know, what's crazy also, just speaking about, you know, bias and things of that nature, all these Tony came out with 726 to play with foul trouble, and nobody said a word. And I had buddies that were, you know, they're, they're paying attention to stuff, but they they weren't aware that Tony would had even uh, uh, logged two fouls in the first half and was coming out of the game. Yeah, yeah I knew. That it. was a huge – him and Jalen yeah. Williams getting in foul trouble was yeah. a huge, yeah. huge piece of that story, and they just glossed right over it uh, when it plead, came to Tony. Plead. Plead to your guys or gals. That's my CBS to guys to the radio. Too. If you yeah. Oh, yeah. listen to the yeah. radio, you'd well, have known that kind of information. How about this one? Did you all know this? That while Williams was on the floor, Arkansas outscored Duke by three points. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, but yeah. I, I don't recall Still. the announcer saying anything when Williams got his second. One. It was two or three minutes when he was on the bench before they mentioned it. Yeah, that's, that, that, that might is, be true. Much that as I true, like Jim Nance, that's why I yeah. listen to Chuck and Matt. I, I like that whole crew, um, and I like I do I mix it up. You know, depending if it's if it's not somebody that I really am anxious to hear on TV. You know, CBS generally does a great job with their yeah, announcers. They then I will uh, I will sync it up and listen to Chuck and Matt. Hey, you should do that regardless. I'm just telling you, you'll be much happier <laughs> at the end of the day. All right, Trey, we'll talk to you tomorrow.